If you're ready to blast through, defy the odds, and be the 1%, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to The 1% Life with Joni Dillon, where you will learn how to master your mind, elevate your sales, and live the 1% life. Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Monday on The 1% Life. My name is Joni Dillon, peak performance coach and trainer, and today is July 9th. If you are listening to this podcast today, I hope that you all had an incredible 4th of July weekend for those of you in the United States, and that you got to really connect with your family, with your loved ones, or maybe you just played it nice and mellow. I actually celebrated on the 3rd of July went out to some friends' lake house and had an incredible evening of incredibly amazing wine, fireworks. I think it was the biggest fireworks show, they're saying, in the entire state of Washington and just really had a great time. So the fourth was super mellow for me. But nonetheless, whatever you did, whether you're in the States or not, I hope it was enjoyable for you. So today we are talking about something that we don't talk about often yet on this podcast, and that is the close. And so when you're closing sales, when you're closing deals, there is a strategy behind it. Well, at least you should think about having a strategy behind it rather than just really going with the flow, okay? And one of the things that a lot of people encounter is that they tend to be more emotionally invested into their people making the decision to change their life rather than the people actually being equally, if not more committed in what their life changing really looks like. And so perhaps you can relate to actually being in this situation where you're giving everything, you're giving your all. You are so committed to them saying yes today and to seeing the transformation in their life by what that decision can do for them. Yet all they keep doing is leaning out rather than leaning in. Or maybe like you're in the clothes, right? You're in the clothes and they're really thinking about saying yes. The tension is heightened and then all of a sudden, right? You feel it. They feel it. There's a moment of decision that is about to happen and bam, it's a no, not today. Or thanks, but I need to think about this. We need to think about this. You knew they were there, right? They were so there on the verge of saying yes, but you didn't know how to pull them in, and instead you may have pushed them away. Has this ever happened to you? So if it has, and you'd like to know what's been happening in those situations and a specific strategy to help them actually lean in and say yes to themselves today, I'm going to share that with you on today's episode. So rock stars, let's dive in. All right. So here's the thing. What I'm about to tell you right now matters in any type of sales. He who cares the least wins. He who cares the least, yes, least, wins. So think about it in a negotiation. If there is a high stakes negotiation happening, the person who is really desperate or really in need of this deal going through has everything to lose 
right? They have everything to lose. And guess who has leverage in that situation? If the other side, the other party is like, yeah, cool. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, no big deal. So the person who is really who everything is on the line for is the one who absolutely needs this deal to go through. The same thing is happening with what you do. It's a sale. See, it's a sale because you may give an offer and they may say, yes, we like it. I like it, but I can't do this part of it. And then guess what? You have to ebb and flow with that. You have to see what are your parameters for shifting? What are your parameters for what you can do and can't do? Maybe it comes down to payment or down payment or any sort of terms. And so this is a negotiation. And when you look at a high stakes negotiation, the person who has the most to lose has the most at stake. They have the most at stake. And really their job is to really come across like they don't have a lot to lose. Because if they do, then guess what? Everything is going to fall apart because they're not going to get their terms that they want. And the other person is going to say, man, they so need this. They so need this that we can do whatever we want, right? And so there's a psychology behind the close. And that part of that psychology is to care the least, to care the least. And I know that you may be wondering, uh, Joni, this sounds a little crazy because of course I care about getting a deal, And of course, I care about them, right? At least I hope you do. At least I I want them to think that I care about them. The last thing that I want is for them to think that I don't care. And you're partially right. You're partially right. And I'm not saying, what I'm not saying is to not care about them. What What I'm saying is that to care. Because you've heard the saying, you've heard the saying that people will only listen once they know how much you care. And that is very true. You care about them enough to dig in and help solve their problem with the solution you provide, but yes, there's a caveat. You must detach from the outcome. You've got to detach from the outcome and be indifferent about whether or not they purchase with you. Okay. Today, because this is a today. If it's like, if we're going on for six months to a year in the sale process, yeah, whatever. You've already grasped your head around that psychology, that mentality that it's not happening today, you're not getting a sale today. Okay. So if we're, if we are talking about today, you have to be committed to them coming to a decision, whether they want in or out today, but not super attached to the outcome and not so attached that you're begging for their business. And that you're wondering if you, I wonder if I could have, if I would have dropped the price or given them more incentives, would they have bought? Would they have said yes? Now what's happening is you're devaluing your product and you're begging for their business. So guess who has the leverage in the end? They do. They do. And that's the wrong posture to have. And we've seen this, man. I can't tell you how many sales conversations or conversations I've had to help people. And at the end, they see the value. They know the, the uh, well, maybe they don't see the value yet, quite yet, but they know the cost of not taking action far exceeds the cost of taking action. Yet what's happening is they're trying to one up and say, well, what if I could do this? And what if you would negotiate with me here? And will you cut your price down here? I'm like, no, 
No, I'm not. That is not, that's devaluing me, my, my service that I provide. And, and it tells me a lot about your ability to number one, who you're showing up as. If you, if I were to do that, you're already taking away out. You're not seeing the value and you're not fully committed to get the results at a bigger level. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about that here. Um, in a different context shortly. So it's the wrong posture to have. They should feel privileged to do business with you and feel like they're stepping out of their zone of comfort and stepping up into a higher version of themselves. See, your client's biggest shifts happen when they get massively uncomfortable. And when they realize that Yeah, timing may not be perfect. It never is. The money may feel like a stretch, a super stretch. Great. It should. And we are ready now and willing to commit and change our ways once and forever. And we're committing to this new behavior. See, there has to be a shift of behavior in order for change to happen. And that shift happens with them saying yes to themselves that day that you've got them to realize that they are committing to doing something different. They're committing to changing some behavior, okay? So important. And this is all part of, excuse me, this is all part of shaping their new identity, their new identity that's attached with them moving forward with your program, product, service, whatever you want to call it, in a different way. In a different way, meaning they had a different plan, a different approach that wasn't working. So they're moving forward with a new identity. They may not have grasped that identity yet. What does that look like? Am I scared of it? Maybe. What can you do to reassure them that it they're going to be okay, that they're going to be okay, that maybe you're there to help them, that you're there to guide them, that you have a support team, whatever that is. Help them understand that this new identity that they may be fearful of, which is good, it's okay, is, uh, is something that you're going to help them with, right? So it's part of shaping their new identity, which is critical in them saying yes and moving forward, okay? Uh, again, they have to wrap their mind that they absolutely have to show up as a new person in order to get new results, in order to get change in their life that they say they want. Because if things were great, why would they take action? Why would they want to do business with you? They wouldn't. They wouldn't, right? Sure, everybody wants more of what they have, but it's not enough for someone to make a massively big financial investment into themselves. There has to be some level of total discomfort that they may not even realize, have realized when they walked in to see you or when you got on the phone with them. Guess whose job that is? That's yours, <laughs> right? So I hope this is, I hope you're resonating with this. I hope you're getting this. I'm, I'm sure that you are. Um, and, and also reassuring them that, yeah, it's not going to feel comfortable. <laughs> Investing large sums of money like, rarely is comfortable, right? None of us feel good about parting with our money, even though some of us do, but it, it's, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, right? Yet it's essential to get them the outcome they truly desire. And this is the key. Change comes out of total discomfort. Nobody takes action when things are comfortable and manageable. Yeah, it's good. It works. It's great, right? Life's good. Everything's great. It's okay. Nothing's, nothing's terribly wrong. Nothing's terribly good. Nothing's terribly bad, right? Your job is to make them realize that their situation is absolutely unbearable. And if they don't get ridiculously uncomfortable and decide to change it now, 
nothing will change. Nothing will change. And that's the truth, right? They'll go back to living their life. They'll be unhappy, stressed out, overworked perhaps, health failing, etc. finances not improving, and waiting for timing to be right. Timing will never be perfect. It will never be just right. So big decisions happen only because we decide to make it happen. We decide that, yes, this is a big decision. Yes, timing's not going to be right. Or no, timing's not going to be perfect. No, timing's not going to be right. And yes, I am choosing, I am deciding to make this a priority for me today. Today. And in order to do that, sometimes you do have to give way. We have to make space energetically. We have to push things aside. We do. What are we willing to give up in order to have this? We can't keep adding to the bucket. The bucket's going to overflow. So what are we willing to take out? And that's part of the conversation that you can have with them, especially when it comes to um, money, right? Well, great. If this is a priority for you, like you say it is, what are you willing to to take out of the bucket? Maybe not in that word, bucket, but what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to, to stop doing in order to make this affordable for you today? So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. People invest time, money, and resources into what they value, what they value. And they'll not negotiate. They will not negotiate because the need is urgent and the value is there. So here's what I mean. Let me give you an example. So notice that when someone needs a heart transplant, you might not know someone who needs a heart transplant, but just think about this for just a moment, okay? And you're all safe from this, by the way. They are not trying to negotiate with their spouse that timing isn't right. Yeah, it's just not the right time to get the heart transplant right now. Or we have to wait until we get our tax refund in order to do this. What? Wait you'll be dead. It's ridiculous, right? Health has just become a priority to them and something that they value, even if they hadn't valued that their entire life, right? There was a shift, a shift that happened in their values upon realizing they were going to potentially die, right? The moment that their doctor, and even if they didn't do that, make that change immediately, at some point when the doctor said, if you do not do this, you are going to die. For most people, there is a major shift, a major shift in values because all of a sudden health went from being extremely unvalued for a lot of people in that situation, right? Perhaps overeating and no judgment. I don't know what causes this whole heart replacement thing. There's a million reasons, right? Why, correct? So perhaps they, they overate their whole life. They ate a, a high, you know, whatever sort of unhealthy diet. They didn't exercise. They smoked, whatever it was, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, Doc said, Listen, Mary, if you do not change X, Y, and Z, immediately you are going to die. Do you think that something had to give? Something had to give in order for them to make their health, their life, a priority. See, there was a major shift in values upon realizing they were about to die, that they're about to die. And nor, and timing, rather, is not important at that point when you need a heart transplant, right? You need to make it that urgent. This is why I'm telling you this. You need to make your your conversations with your your prospects, your potential buyers that urgent that they act now 
And then, and then, you don't care whether they do or they don't. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Make it extremely urgent or you have no need, you have no desire, you have no pain that needs to be solved. And then you don't care whether they do or they don't. So let's talk about how to do that. How do you not care? How do you care the least? With still showing that you care, right? So there's an energy behind care. Is that a, am I saying like two total opposite things here? Um, Yes and yes, right? There's an energy behind caring too much, especially in the clothes, okay? And that's one of total desperation. When we care too much, especially in the clothes, especially in the clothes, we now are pressing, right? And here's what I want you to understand, that not caring, not caring is simply a posture. You become indifferent in getting to the yes energetically okay you become indifferent in getting to the yes energetically through your posture your body language and your words when needed when needed we're not going into dive into that but when needed you become uh indifferent in getting to the yes okay so you've showed that you've cared the entire conversation the entire presentation whatever you want to call it You've dug in, you found their pain, their problem that they may not have even been fully aware of when you first connected with them, right? And you bridged it, you bridged that pain, you bridged that problem with the solution. I'm assuming here that you had one to provide. And then you back, excuse me in advance, you back the bleep up, (laughs) We're keeping this PG because there's a lot of sales offices that play this around the world. And so we're keeping it very PG. Um, And you back the bleep up both literally and figuratively. Be mindful of your posture, okay? Are you pressing or are you laid back? Pen down. And I don't mean like feet on the desk. (laughs) Maybe. No. I don't mean that laid back. But I mean, are you energetically up on the table in their face you know, a foot or two away? Or are you pen down? Do you have your pen down? Are you laid back in your chair, pressed back? Because that energy is open. That energy opens the air between you and them. Literally, it does. It takes a, it, it creates, see, when you're so pressed up, there's a, your energetic field, we're getting a little woo-woo on you right now. Your energetic field is pressing on theirs. And if you are feeling total desperation right now, they are too. They are too. I hope you can see this, grasp it, just really understand what I'm saying right now. We have an energetic field around us. Every single person, we can talk about plants, animals, which we're not right now, but everything has an energetic field around it. What is in your field matters. So when you can consciously tell yourself, all right, time to back off, right? I've done my job. I've created the value. It's time to back off. And you lay back, you sit back, you are allowing the space to happen. Okay. You're allowing that space to happen. Now, for those of you on the phones, you're like, yeah, but I'm on the phones. I know I got you. I got you. (laughs) You too need to be mindful of your posture. And here's why. Here's why. Communication is only 7% words. 
It's only 7% words. So what is that other 93%? It's all of that other stuff, okay? So even if you are all up and, you know, on the phone and you're standing around, you're intense and you're doing all that, guess what? They can feel it. They can feel it through the phone energetically. Energy transfers. Energy transfers. So what do you do? Well, why don't you actually sit down, sit back against your chair, put your pen down if you had one, and guess what? That new energy, that shift of energy rather, will transmit it will be conveyed to them. It will reflect in your tonality and it will reflect in the energy that you emit. Okay, you can't see it, but it's they're, they're getting it. There's an energy. All of a sudden you sit down, you're talking differently than when you're standing up. See, if I was sitting down, you would hear me very differently because my diaphragm's compressed, right? Um, I'm not speaking as confidently, perhaps, as I am when I'm standing up, shoulders back, and I'm in a more confident some would call it aggressive stance well why don't you just soften up a bit and sit back at that moment you back off so you're not begging you posture through your body language and words if and when needed that you're okay if they go back to their life and don't do this today right you're gonna be just fine it's them who has to deal with the ramifications of this decision And so what you're doing there is you're taking off the pressure, you're letting them off the hook through your words, through your words. So not only have we now done this with our bodies energetically through our body language by leaning back, sitting back, putting our pen down, and simply opening up the space for them to make an informed decision without pressure, right? We took the lid off the pot that was boiling and about to boil over. And we're also taking it away using a takeaway with our words, giving them permission to go back to their current situation, to continue doing what they were doing and go back to the status quo, the way things were. See, here's the thing. Making a decision can be viewed as difficult or hard, but the reality is is that they are making a decision whether they do or whether they don't. They're making a decision to change their life or they're making a decision to stay the same. They're making a decision to step in to faith or they're making a decision to stay in fear, to stay uncomfortable, to stay in what was known for them, what was the problem to begin with. See, one thing I learned early in my timeshare sales career, back when I was on the line, we called it, um, was that nobody wants to be pushed into anything. Nobody wants to be pushed into a yes, contrary to popular belief that that's how you sell, right? No one wants to be pushed in, well, not popular belief, but the old school belief, I should say. And so I learned that in order to get more yeses than the average sales rep, I had to be different. I had to do something that was way different than what they were doing. So I mastered a couple things, in particular, mastering the art of storytelling and how to create influence, a greater level of influence, and I mastered the takeaway, mastered the takeaway. And so when you can master the takeaway, you're inviting them to lean in rather than leaning out. And you're inviting them to open up rather than resist. And that is so key to getting more sales, to getting more sales. 
And so give them the space energetically to do that, to say yes, to make a decision without feeling the pressure, without feeling the steam about to over, overflow from your pan, right? Like to, to burst open. Give them that permission to just have the space to say yes because energetically and with your words you have taken it away you're you're indifferent you care the least you care the least now you do care but you care the least as to whether they do this or not you're okay one way or the other if they say yes or not to themselves okay and so I'm going to leave you with this when it comes to using takeaways powerfully I'm going to add that word back in powerfully in your sales conversations first of all be okay with the idea of losing the sale losing the sale this is why they're not employed this is why they're not done this is why people press more than they'd like is because they're so fearful of losing the sale you need to be okay with losing the sale by taking it away because you never had it to begin with you never had the sale to begin with and you might actually lose it by not doing that And remember this always, he who masters the takeaway makes the most money. If you like today's episode of the 1% Life Rockstars, please let me know by subscribing, rating it a five-star rating, and leaving me a one to three sentence review on what specifically you liked and even what you want to hear more of. I read every single one of your reviews and it's a great way for you to tell me what you loved and what you want to hear more of in upcoming episodes. Also, be sure to share this episode out with friends through social media platforms and with your industry colleagues so we can continue to grow the 1% life and I can continue to give you incredible value and content each and every week. Until next time, rock stars, 1%ers and 1%ers in the making, get out there and be unstoppable. Peace. If you enjoyed today's episode of The 1% Life, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. We'll catch you next time.